0: A crushing might of the U.G.S. Robinson Show Stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never ends. This is version of 198 <laughs> I mean, of the U.J. show Showstopper. Yeah, you think the show's going to be about poop? Well, you might be right. It doesn't hurt that I put it in the title, so your guess was easy. As well as the Enduring Misery of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want cuddles? Get yourself a cat. You're not going to get them here. But first, Bob Riley is going to sing us in as he has his 2007. It's off of Stigmata, his name of the band. The Calling of the Justice, a record. Ah, 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 ah. Song is going intro all of nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. Go and buy it. But I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back full always nothing. All right, my friends. My friend, mis amigos. Let's see. What other language is that? Uh, um, Miyosumichi, uh, uh, in Japanese, friend is Yujin. I don't know the plural. Anyway, you're here, I'm here. My James Bond language skills have died enough to get a drink, enough to get yourself in trouble. Next time you hit Japan, use these words. You gotta tell settle and get ready, because <laughs> depending on who you say it to. It could be a good night or a tough night. Uh a, a, as far as I know, what it means is take your pants off. I wanna fuck. Uh, <laughs> so you know, people teach me things they think I might find useful. I guess when I go places. Anyway, so this is r version one eight of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. It was like 97 degrees in this fucking in this new studio. I just had to turn the heat down. That's why I was momentarily distracted. Because I'm starting to like, it'll be like that time I passed out on the old knuckle up when I screamed too long, held that note too long and passed out. You just, except that was audio. This before we did video and you just, you would see me like, I thought it was an earthquake, which is incidentally how it felt the very last time I was choked out. Um, And I don't often get choked out. And in fact, the last time I got choked out was so long ago, I don't think I even had a colored belt at that point. Um, and the guy called me up to demonstrate and thought it was funny to choke me out. <laughs> Just thought it was funny. You know, I've been waiting for years to run into this guy again and to get him. And I haven't been lucky enough to do that. But fortunately, given the kind of way my memory works, I, 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 I can wait 30 years. It'll still be in my mind. Anyway, commercials. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is the PayPal, that fucking asshole, excuse me, who tried to hack me today. Uh, I'm just going to run through this. Oh, I deleted it. He sent it from a friend of mine who's a fighter's page. He says, Eugene, man, end of year bonuses were really good. I want to, you know, I want to help out a bit. I want to send you $1,000. Give me the name of your 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 Cash App, and I go. That's easy. It's Dollar Sign Capital P Planet Oxbow, and I don't remember if it's a closed Dollar Sign. And he uh, right now, part of the commercials. So even you go nine five zero one four at Patreon or the no, at paper uh, Yahoo dot com for PayPal and Cash App was uh, it was yeah uh, Dollar Sign Planet Oxbow. And the guy thousand dollars, but then he starts asking for information. And I was like, "Hey man, give me your phone number." So I don't have time to text back and forth. I'll call you, because I know this guy's got kids. You know, if you got if the, if it's between me and a sandwich, get the sandwich. If it's between me and get something for your kids, get something for your kids. Don't give money to the show if you can't afford it. I'm not saying you can't afford it, but a thousand dollars is a lot of money for one person. And a guy I know who's working to making putting nickels together. So the guy gives me a number and an email address. I call a number. And it says, ah, oh, his phone is disconnected, doesn't work. I go, maybe his phone is screwed up. I'm about to hang up. And it switches into another language. I was like, I don't really know him to speak Spanish. Uh, I write back and say, hey, hey, man, uh, could you tell me any one of these things that are in this box that you just sent me? Any one of those things that are in this box? The guy stopped writing. It's like in the old days of Craigslist when people would try to trick you into doing sexual things. Yes, we're gonna have a threesome. My wife's out of town, but when, when is she gonna come back? Well, I don't know, send a penis pic. Yeah, okay. And this is really nice. I'm showing you two, cause it's really nice. I would have accepted any of these as an answer. What a dude dude send? Spider-Man meets a Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther, Jungle Action. Spider-Man Fantastic Four, and dig it. Spider-Man and Brother Voodoo. You know, I'm a comics book head. Not only that, it doesn't stop there. Dude sends action fucking figure, Black Panther, right? And on top of that, right here, the T-shirt. Any one of those things, (laughs) I would have accepted as an answer. The guy had nothing. And this just came, so it was really fortuitous. So I contacted through another email. And the guy says, hey, man, I've been hacked like five times. I keep telling Instagram about it. They're not doing shit. I was like, ah. So that guy who was trying to, and it's the second time he's taking a run at me. He took a run at me a little bit earlier with this uh, 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 crypto shit. And it's like, bro, I've already been into crypto. I don't need your crypto. I got my Coinbase. I'm fine. Somebody bought it for me like 20 years ago. Don't need any more. I'm only using it to buy stuff off the dark web, you know, medicines. So I don't need it. You guys know, man, all you have to do is give 100, you can get back 10,000. Get the fuck. I know I look young, but I was not born yesterday, my friend. Nobody who knows anything about life expects that kind of return. So fuck you. You know the cash app now. You got the PayPal. Or you go to patreon.com slash the stomper, or you could do it Tommy Pound's way. And Tommy, um, part of what, uh, yeah, I got to check around here somewhere. Um, But I've been, part of the move into this room has been that I was booted from my rat corner outside, and it just happened, it would happen in a flash, maybe like the Germans invading Poland. But in this instance, it was the Polish invasion and they moved all my, <laughs> wife moved all my stuff in here, and it's in three separate boxes, so I have to dig it out. Don't put a stop on it yet. I'll find it. But Tommy Pound sends stuff the old-fashioned way, and I appreciate it. I got the new one, too, so thank you, sir. Uh, so, um, uh, now that we got past the grifters, um, I'm still looking at this guy's box. Sorry, it's just such a cool, uh, such a cool thing. That and actually the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, martial art book that Tommy sent me really phenomenal, phenomenal gets shit that uh, the karate book I actually used to have. So anyway, so, um, naturally I'm at jujitsu and last week we had, uh, uh, Marty G, uh, was on the show. He, he, he didn't make himself known. He was just listening, but he, he, uh, he later came and said to me, he said, Hey, uh, I started listening to last week's show and, uh. I couldn't make it through. I go, what do you mean you couldn't make it through? This is it's not fucking Bambi, you know? It's he goes, yeah, it was too depressing. I couldn't take it. And I was like, couldn't take it? What's the matter with you? He's like, no, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't take it. It was too depressing. I'm out. I got not want to spend my time. And I was like, yeah. Oh. So naturally, then I'm at him the whole week. And I was like, man, this is a big week for you, huh? He's like, well, what do you mean? I go, ah, oh, this guy got to be a big week, man. We're going to go over to Mountain View or Mountain View City Hall or Palo Alto City Hall, break in there, fuck shit up, poop on the desk. He goes, uh-oh, okay. And so he goes, look, you can't, it was just a couple hundred people, you know, it was just a demonstration. America's had demonstrations before. Oh, I'm sure Dave was the, at, the, at the county fair was more threatening than, than what happened January 6th. I go, no, it's all about intent, right? Guys get fucked up at the county fair. They fight over by the hay bales. The intent is to fight over by the hay bales. The intent is not to stop an election, and it's certainly not done at the behest of a, of a of an elected official. But I don't care about that. You know, I'm not gonna get caught in the weeds because, uh, like I say in the new Substack, I'm a or I don't. I think I said it in a note to somebody or on my Instagram. I'm a you know I'm a fuck shit upper guy. Remember, we've talked about how different bands would deal with chaos in their midst, right? You know, Fugazi would stop and, you know, help guys off the floor and interrupt the show or try to correct the behavior of the entire audience. That's not what I'm paid for. Black Flag would just try to play right through it, you know, just play. It's got nothing to do with us. And Oxbow, when they saw it, <laughs> when we see it, we're like, like Jimi Hendrix at at uh, at Monterey, and the guitar's on fire. And he's like ah, and I'm like fucking kill each other, kill each other, just to rip each other apart, day of the locust style. Do it. <laughs> There's a, one time I interceded, and it was with shit that violated my sense of fair play, which is always how you get me get me motivated. You know, they did this thing, kind of a cultural exchange. They were trying to bring these kids from the bad parts of London to an Oxbow show. I don't know. Somebody thought that would be helpful, you know, to see an African-American guy who was doing music that wasn't hip hop. But I don't know. These were, these were um, African Brits or people of BIPOCs. Um, and they brought them to the show and they were teenagers and you can't don't me on there. I know you heard it before. And this guy who earlier that night had admitted to me that the past three or four shows in England or London, he had been essentially doing a Grateful Dead-esque tour, following us around from show to show, fucking with me. He said, yeah, remember that really quiet song that you played? Where was it, that place in, in Leicester? Yeah, yeah. And do you remember all that whistling in the middle during a really quiet point? He, yeah, he that wasn't me. And then remember that the people, the guy who somebody was throwing ice at you in Brighton? Yeah, that was me. And then remember that lit cigarette that hit the back of your leg and this other, and nodding him? Yeah, that, that was me. That's funny. You're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. I look down that show. I'm singing la, 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 which is how Knoxville show goes with me going la, 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 la. And I look down, and he's confronted these 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. And they don't know. They've never been to an Oxbow show before. It's disconcerting. And they're the only, outside of me and maybe one or two others, the only people with black skin in the whole club. And he's talking to one of the girls. And she's standing with a guy, and they have a nervous look on their face. So, I jump down into the photo pit, and the photographers go, oh, cool, it's going to be some fun, and I climb over the security barrier, and I walk up to him, my attitude being, hmm, if there's going to be a meeting that involves colored people, I guess I should be part of that meeting. And so I'm singing because that's what I'm paid to do. I'm singing, and I'm getting closer and closer to him, just looking at him impassively. I'm out of the song at this point. That's why I used the la-la-la. It didn't matter. Whatever was the emotional intent of the song. Ah, Mr. J.W., you should have yours now. Nancy has hers. I put it in the mail for real. (laughs) She sent me a photo, so I know she has hers. It's signature confirmed, so no bullshit that she never got it. So I'm just impassive, tabula rasa. Just looking at the guy, like, you know, what happens in the next few minutes is completely and largely dependent on what you do. So the guy shrugs. And I go, okay, that's a capitulation, that's a tap out. And I start to turn. And as I start to turn, I see him do this interesting Sally of like this kind of pirouette, this kind of Femi pirouette as I'm about to turn. Now I don't know whether he's done it with the intent for me to see it or whether he's done it after I've turned. Like I'm going to mess with the teacher today, but given the total weight of this guy's crimes against art, as I turn to the stage, I go, you know what? We're done. And out. That's my, that that was the only time. Uh, Well, that wasn't the only time, but you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that I would interfere for. Otherwise, I'm a fuck shit upper. You know how many riots I've been to? San Jose. It's, you can look it up. Uh, Punk Rock Riot, San Jose Civic Auditorium. Cops were running, beating kids up. Kids were beating cops, along, separating cops from the packs, beating them up, chasing them all over. And I just walked through the crowd. It was like Virgil. Because to the cops, I wasn't running. As African American, I didn't seem especially panicked. Maybe they thought I was security. I wasn't doing anything that was you know worthy of you know, so I just kind of walked through the crowd of people being stun gun and bludgeon, and then it was just it's like Nathaniel Wests day of the locust. It was just a madness afoot. It's phenomenal. it's great. Suddenly the old laws didn't mean anything in a very very uh, 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 Aristotelian way going going fucking nuts and i felt perfectly at home they've talked about people who have anxiety disorders right and it talked about it was one woman who was a war correspondent and she was like a mess suffering from ptsd back home and she immediately re-upped and had herself sent back to i don't know whether it's the bbc or whatever had herself sent back to um the gulf or afghanistan uh, um or something like that. And she they said, Well, how are things how how are you now? You know, she goes, I'm sleeping like a baby. <laughs> because there's no dissonance, right? Her inside, the chaos of her inside world perfectly matches the outside world. So it's all right. So as a fuck shit upper, yeah I look at the poli- the political niceties. Like some guy said to me, You seem like yeah, I was gonna talk about that. You seem like a, a sagot, I mean you seem like such a nice guy during the course of a German interview or during the course of an interview. So clearly, clearly what you do on stage is fakery. I go fakery. <laughs> do you think given how long I've done music since 1980, and with the frequency and the intensity that that's fakery and that this this interview between you and me, which will last probably, I don't know, 11 more minutes is not fakery. This is the fakery, my friend. I am most my, my, myself there. And he thought about it for a second. And I was like, yeah, I don't trust any of you. This world is brutish and nasty and chaotic and filthy, and we're all going to meet desperately untimely deaths. Yeah. So, so when stuff gets fucked up, I mean, generally. Whatever. Whatever. That's it. Cynical opportunist M.O. That's it. I'm fine with that. Moreover, I'm fine with the next step. The next step specifically being people making hay while the sun shines for political gain, for political gain. You got it. That's the. It's like, Mr. Marcus, you knew what the job was when you took it. Your opposition will use it for political gain. And if that seems strange or unusual to you or it hurts your bottom, I suggest you take up another line of work. Now, you could do a shrinking violet thing and say, oh, it wasn't a big of a deal. Again, what kind of person are you? To capitalize on, on the harm that was caused that day you know i mean you democrats should be just you know know what (laughs) i'm not on stage stopping the audience i'm not on stage ignoring the audience i'm encouraging you in a collective act of auto de fe kill yourselves or like a buddy of mine once said when i was talking about being suicidal he said he did an imitation of me I'm too handsome to kill myself. You kill yourself. <laughs> and I had to admit, he's a little bit right. So, so I had to I had to somehow address address the the riots from a point of from the apolitical point of view, which seems to be strange because everybody believes it was politically motivated. But they did it. They talked to some guy after. Uh, Aldrich Ames was busted, the CIA spy. And they talked to somebody uh, uh, after it and they did a big ex- big examination on people who become spies, turncoats, Benedict Arnold's. And they said they found, something, they found something really interesting that these people weren't motivated necessarily by money even though that was always part of it. And that's usually how they got caught. They were disgruntled employees. Which means they were motivated by an outside sense that they weren't being treated well. I give a shit about the money. Didn't care about the money. They were just like, Man, you guys treat me like shit. Like Milton from office space. You treat me, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot her. I'm gonna shoot you all to death. I can kill you guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, the furs and the cars and the houses. Yeah, that's fine. But at base root, it's like you guys treat me like shit. Fuck you. So I make the claim in a new Substack that this is not uh, this is not politically motivated. Which I, I understand. Uh, you know, the left wing saying, oh, "Okay, you're an idiot. You're missing the point." I say, "Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm an idiot." I figured out there's a reason why I have zero defensiveness in in, in my bag of tricks. I said to, and I, Marty contended, argued with me today. He said, The reason why you're not defensive, I said, The reason why I'm not defensive is because I don't have a guilt mechanism. He goes, You do, you do. You feel bad about some of the stuff you've done. I, I was like, Okay. He goes, No, you do. You, you, it seems like you feel bad. And uh, now you're not so sure. You went from you feel bad to it seems like. Well, you've, you said, whatever I ever said. Somebody says, Eugene, you're an asshole. I'm like, oh, Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Eugene, you're a, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, okay, Eugene, I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, what? I had a guitar, you know. You 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 burned my house down by accident. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. Sorry is different from being defensive. I'm defensive. I I can't defend anything. Much like Popeye to sail a man I am as I am tetragrammaton god force four letters in the name of god who am i i am as i am so i don't believe i don't i understand you completely m- using it for political gain that's fine but i i tell you god's honest truth uh i don't <laughs> i'm not leaning on on the political motivations because they've already done that they've already sent out the comedy crews from Fallon and Kimmel and these different shows that talk to these people. and They don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know what the fuck is going on. And I would also make the claim that people at shows who are fucking up are doing that fundamentally because they don't like the music. Because if you like the music, you watch. And I think that's what bugged the guy who I knocked out at the show. He didn't like the fact that everybody else was dialed in, but hadn't noticed the fact that he was the only one who wasn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing for the one I wrote. I, I just, I, I, I'm not worrying about all the stuff, you know. Okay, the cocaine in the bathroom. Tried to grab your vagina. Yeah, you weren't into it. Sorry. <laughs> what are you? I apologize, but I don't have a guilt mechanism, you know. I mean, mostly because I, I'm I'm not out of pocket. I'm usually doing stuff that, as I am. It's very few people that were like, Eugene did what?" Well, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, you not hear anybody say that. So, so when I look at when I look at January sixth, what I look at what from either either from the right side where they try to minimize the effect of what it was, or from the, the left side where they try to magnify the effect. And these guys are playing this, you know, your team against my team thing. I don't really give a shit about that. For me, it's it's entropy, uh, uh, nihilism, and, uh, and chaos against, you know, Apollonian order. That's fine. I hope that when they're all dead and the smoke and the fires and the rubble are cleared, that I'm not. That I'm not dead, and that I'm also not having to be corralled and to clean up the smoke, the rubble, and the fires. Yeah, it's it's it, it's the old. Does anyone care about this guy's story? As a lead into January sixth, so these cats who go there, um, you know, like I said, it's a perfect storm in the in the in the subset. It's a perfect storm about this kind of masculinity crisis and the, the, you know, the the kind of, you know, class warfare and all this other stuff. I'm fine with, I'm fine with all of it. Like I said, I knew there would be poop on a desk because when shit, when you're as a fuck shit upper, that's just what you do. Have you ever broken into anybody's house? I think I had done so when I was a child. And there's something I realized on breaking somebody's house. I didn't steal anything. I just walked around, looked at their stuff, and read their books and left the books there. Would go back repeatedly when they were on vacation to read their books and then leave. But I realized something early that I wasn't there for financial gain. But I did note that during the process, I was aroused. And I go, this is people like, I'm going to break in the house. But all of a sudden, you're Trojan horse. The format is break into the house, but what's happening inside is completely different. The format is in January 6th, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the steal. But what's happening inside is I'm going to poop on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Fuck these people. I'm giving myself over to chaos, nihilism, and entropy. Don't believe I'm speaking from the point of anything other than morbid fascination. This is not admiration, and the hammer of God should be brought down these people to make it but what I find what I find sad and pitiable is now these guys, Sammy Davis Jr. said it best, don't do the crime, you can't do the time. This is precisely the moment at which you go, "You got me." You got me for, uh, you know, three glorious, uh, glorious hours. The old laws didn't mean anything anymore. I could kill with impunity. I could burn. I could loot. I, I was feeling my oats. I felt like a fucking man for for two hours. And now I'm going to prison and I will go to prison like a man but they're not doing that. There's a guy, I can't eat the vegan food. I, I need vegan food. I can't eat this slop. There's another guy, the Proud Boys guy. Well, I don't think I should really go. I was really for And everybody, everybody, everybody who was so strong about law and order insofar as it affected Antifa and Black Lives Matter, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly they're like, hey, whoa, yeah, look how Rittenhouse, hey, whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> I got no problem with burning shit down as a fuck shit upper. But I find it galling. Galling. When when after, like Biafra says, you know, tonight it's a blast. Tomorrow you're homeless. (laughs) And he says it like it's a bad thing. That's the price of admission. Yeah, I know tomorrow I'm going to be homeless, but I got to live. Or like my great aunt used to say, poor people have but few pleasures. This is one of them. But these people weren't poor financially. They did a survey of those 10,000 people over were there. And many of them were not, not trailer park dwellers. Yeah, I remember the guy crying because he's on a no-fly list. Are you, are you kidding me? I know where you should be outside of prison. You should be in the woods hugging other dudes and crying that your father party, potty trained you wrong. This Iron John shit from the 80s, it lingers. And they did a great piece about uh, 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 masculinity in Vox. And they talked to this guy who's a kind of center right guy, self-described, about this crisis of masculinity. And he goes, look, stoicism as a virtue, you know, but it, it can, be, can be good, but it can be injurious when it's connected to pointless aggression. And I said, there's something else. There's something else that somebody mentions earlier in the piece where they're talking about, about you know, this 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 strength cult, you know, that looks at, at weakness and flexibility as being cowardly and ineffective. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, cats like that are always asking me what it's like to be an alpha. It's like, man, I'll cry at a drop of a hat. You know, I can't even talk about my kids without starting to sob. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't that way when I was 22, but I'm not 22 anymore. I mean, my moment was when I was 27, when I had a quiet, embracing self, and it wasn't, I'm no longer going to stop, I'm not becoming anymore. Now I'm being. I am as I am. Yeah. So, so, fuck shit up all you want, but don't come crying to me when the hammer of the God's Mashes you down, and I say that apropos of company man nonpareil Sean Sugar O'Malley. Now I have so one of yous has written me about the guy. One of yous is from Montana, and you and I spent a lot of time in Montana. I dig Montana, and you're like, man, we don't have a lot to be happy about in Montana. You know, this guy's our little success story. So I'm like, all right. And I kind of like the guy's shtick. And then like the old saying, say, old Polish saying, you hit the table, the scissors make a noise. The table's been hit a lot with Jake Paul. And you got a bisping in there, shitting on, you know, all the, the company guys, shitting on the, indi- the, what, the uh, what do you call it? Free radicals in Ganu. And all this shit that I said on last week's show, it's like last week's show and on If the Shoes Fit eerily seems to come true. And then was like, you guys want to play with me? I got one more fight on my deal. You know, <laughs> I, if I win this fight, you're fucked. And if I lose this fight, you're fucked. There's a lot of interest in him, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, and they would piece him up. But getting pieced up by those guys for 15, 20 mil, I'm out. I'm done. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> and and the guy who's been fed a steady string of guys he can beat, they don't have any followings. Why should they get any money? <laughs> well, I hate to invoke the guy's name as a sympathetic character, but Colby Crappington was uh. <laughs> Had a great record and was going nowhere. And he did what you suggested. He went out and got some followers. I mention it because he's got followers and you got followers, but he's actually won some fights. But you know they'll keep feeding you a steady stream. In other words, you're the Gen Z West Sims. You're the Gen Z Sage North. What? what Sage North? But what say Yeah, he's finally it's it's penetrated the bald one's thick skull. It's that 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 all American doesn't sell. It took him from Rich Franklin to Sage North, to figure out that the zeitgeist had changed. And why when I was 27, I don't know. I don't know. I had an integrity competition with a friend of mine who's now a world-renowned quantum mechanics physicist. And he at one point said, you have no integrity. I go, I got more integrity than you do. And so we were having an integrity battle. And somehow at 27, it started to rankle me. And I was like, (laughs) am I acting like I have integrity? Or do I have integrity? Or what is more integrity full than the quiet embrace of self? And that was like, I was like a I was like a, a di- like I was shot through the head with a diamond. You know? <laughs> so he's out there talking like he's, you know, I mean, and he's got to, he's, he's not a stupid kid. That was pretty smart. You won't go broke kissing the bald one's ass. You won't get rich very fast, but you won't go broke. And this I'm sort of disturbed by, and if you haven't been paying attention, you should note all of the positive mentions in the press this past week of Chael Sonnen. Now, I love Chael Sonnen. However, <laughs> uh-huh. after a guy fights five people two of them women shirtless arrested in the lobby shirtless and shoes in vegas the week after or two weeks after should be talking about oh the number one commentator he's my favorite commentator out there how are these stories finding their way to press if you think it's accidental you're wrong you ever read my fight book you ever notice something in the fight book? You ever notice the MMA photos in the fight book? How many of those MMA photos in the fight book are UFC photos? I got King of the Cage. I got Gladiator's Challenge. I got Pride. I don't think I have a single UFC photo in that. Well, let's let's talk about the UFC fighters who I've interviewed. Chuck Liddell, Kane Velasquez, John, Johnny Boni Joni. Johnny Boni Joni for Vogue men's. Kane Velasquez, I can't remember for who. Big publications that vouchsafe my presence there. Let me tell you, you got there was one entry point, Jennifer Wank, head of marketing for a period of time there. That's it. Art, now Zinkin Entertainment. That's it. You want to talk to those guys? It's like Mad Max. You go through them. That's it. Nope. They they have locked this shit down. So, yeah, hit that table. The scissors are going to make a noise. Bisping is going to talk. DC is going to talk. Sugar, you need to know. It's like Sallow. 120 days of Sodom, like we said last week. There are only two people in the UFC. Two. The scissors making the noise, the company guys, and guys who were just trying to figure shit out. Shit. That was disgusting. As John Malkovich in Empire's of the Soul, the Soldier gets his head stoven with a gun, and Malkovich jumps out and he goes, Forget it. I'm okay. I'm okay. And Malkovich looks at him like, Fucking picks up the rock. Give a shit about you. So I'm back and forth. We did. Uh, 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 we're back because there's a fight next weekend. So care don't care is this week. So we recorded earlier on in the in the day. Excuse me, I've just eaten. And so there's a fight coming up. And I was like, you know, we're really in a, in a Dickens space. And they go, what the fuck are you talking about? That? I said, it could be the best of times. It could be the worst of times. Twenty twenty two is undecided. It's going to be decided. It's got, We will know if they but blench, we will know our course. We will know our course before, before May. And it's a weird deal. It, it, I mean, if, if they take credit, I mean, you know what? It came up in the show. It came up in the show. I said, I'm going to hit you with a dark star. A buddy of mine does security. I think an all-night convenience store in San Jose. Who walks in? Todd Duffy. Oh, remember him? Todd Duffy is still on the contract, the OOFSE. Todd Duffy's name has not entered any conversation about any of the heavyweights. Last time I was at AKA, I saw Todd Duffy training his ass off. Todd Duffy got into a dust-up, apparently, with one of the Fertitas about he wanted to go do a movie role, like me being at Ozzy and wanting to go do some stuff. He said, no, you can't do it. He goes, yeah. And so he started complaining a little bit post-facto about, you know, fire pay and, you know, I'm an independent contractor. And they were like, Welcome to Pogatorio, my friend. Under contract, frozen in hell. (laughs) I don't know how old Todd Duffy is. I know how old I am. And I know how old I've been knowing about Todd Duffy. I love that guy. But there are ample reasons to pick up that rock. I get it. But you do need to understand it's a disgusting look. And I'm just happy if people recognize a look when they see it. Like there's a line from that Oxbow song, Sawmill about that front door slam and that back door lock. And it's just you and him and his lumpy cock and that naked face in that naked place. I pretty much described the oopsie in 2022. The bald one, John, I got into it with Nash a little bit. John Nash's his claim was, he was like, yeah, well, look, if Paul really cared about it, he would show up in D.C. and throw his weight behind the Aliak. This is just self-serving. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know what? I'm going to take it where we can get it. He's the only one saying what he's saying. And he's got against him allied the force of a legion. The only thing I worry about Jake Paul is do not make that Johnny Pony Joni mistake and think you can get loose in Vegas. Do not make that mistake. You can't get loose in Vegas. You can get loose in New York, you can get loose in LA, but you can't get loose in Vegas. You get loose in Vegas, I can't vouch what's gonna happen to you, my friend. But you need to know. <laughs> you need to know that you do not weigh more than Russia. You're fighting a very serious battle here against princes and principalities to get biblical on for you on a second. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. You think, what do you think, I'm nuts? You know how many guys have invited me to come train at Straight Blast Gym next time Oxbow's in tour and we happen to be in Dublin? I told the guys, if you think beating up a 60-year-old man is going to somehow make the story about uh, the, the, the anal rape accusations go away, you're welcome to try. <laughs> we talked today at Jiu-Jitsu about some guy, a fighter, who in the trash talk uh, um, got insulted by another fighter. I think the guy actually won. But the guy was Serbian. And uh, his brothers show up <laughs> to fuck up the other guy. <laughs> the other box, like, she were w- like, picked up on the way to his house with a trunk full of baseball bats. I'll ask for names so I can bring it up on the next show. But it's like, yeah, I got it. There's some people will take, it's like, yeah, if you think that beating up a 60-year-old man is going to change your out, go ahead. Well, you know, that's not really the point, is it? <laughs> and with the bald one and the sausages and the plates... At a certain point, you see, it's not really the point. I couldn't possibly fit more sausages. <laughs> I couldn't possibly fit more sausages on this plate. How could I fit more sausages on this plate? It's not about the sausages. He's not even paying attention to those plates anymore. Like Danzig sang, at war with the planets, at war with mankind. It's a battle for the ages. Like, politics wasn't driving those guys into D.C. with horns on their head. This was not about sausages. That wasn't about politics. This is Apollo versus Dionysus. I mean, I had guys tell me tell me back an Olympic guy who I knew who was uh, straight-up Okie. I mean, I don't say it in a bad way. That's what he was. That's what he called himself, Okie. And he told me back in 1987, 88, ah, man, it's been a tough decade for white dudes. And this is like 88. So let's just say for a second, decade. So from 78 to 88, he's making a claim it's been a tough decade. Tough couple of decades. All right, from 68 to 88, and he went, I think he was going to the Mexico City Olympics. So from 68 to 88, that was tough two decades. Oh, who? Oh, man, my, my my bros got me killed in Vietnam. Did you go? Now nah, I got a deferment. What were you You dancing around with flowers in your hair, getting fucking and sending over AIDS or nothing? You tough. You're tough. Tough. Well, you know, my father wasn't a very warm guy. Your father, where was he? Well, he was in World War II. But, ah, the war back home. what happened to shouldering your burden without complaint this is this is this is this is a perfect storm like i say in the piece it's a perfect storm of all that touchy feely shit from the 60s misapplied have you do you have any women friends have you talked to any of your single women friends about some of the dates they go on You just took her out on a date and you talk for an hour and a half about your relationship with your father? You think she's a fucking therapist? You think she wants to spend the rest of her life listening to that? Sit down and listen. Listen more than you talk. It might get you somewhere. It might get you laid at least. <laughs> you know, so automatically a friend of mine and Ryan would know who this is. No need to mention his name, friend of mine. Um, would get, he said, anytime somebody would call him with problems, he would say, "Hey, hey wait a minute, could you call me back in a few minutes?" Said, yeah, sure, they'd call him back. And this woman, in this very specific instance, I don't know that he made a habit of doing this, but in this very specific instance, this woman Angel um, had called him. And I, let me give you a little context. This guy had been in the mafia um had worked as a pimp and this was one then quit being a pimp and this was one of the women that had worked for him but they stayed friends afterward he said being a pimp was the worst job ever he was like you know i was like i was like a manager for the worst rock band ever He was a manager for the world, you know, doctor's appointments, you know, to make sure you get the Vagisil. He's like, I'm running here and there. So once he quit the job, he was like, I could just be a normal guy. His version of a normal guy. His version of a normal guy. So Angel, call me back. Angel calls him back. And he's like, hey, t- tell me that part again where you got evicted and then then the, the car got towed. And she's like, yeah, you know, so got evicted in the car. And he's telling me this. He goes, I just started masturbating. And, and she said, what are you doing? He said, let's get on FaceTime. <laughs> so he puts her on FaceTime. And she goes, you are masturbating. He goes, no, 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 I'm not. But but tell me that part again where they told your car and then they charge you four hundred dollars out top and he, he, that he was pretty clear that he was masturbating. I said, you know, out of all the responses to personal travail that I've heard, I think that's probably the soundest and healthiest one ever, and no psychiatric authority in America would recommend it. The listener feels good. The complainer, somehow. On certain level, is embrace the fact that they're they're doing a mitzvah, that they're doing a good deed, that this is somehow arousing to somebody for whatever reason. It's a win win as far as I'm concerned. I have a hard time with empathy. Have you if the numbers of strangers who have who had empathy calls on Instagram? It's like you knew it, and and I don't care. It's your birthday. That your, your sister, brother, father, mother, other uncle died. I, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those 10,000 people who showed up in D.C., if they had embraced a fundamental philosophical reality that nobody cares about you, they'd have been home. They'd have been home. Like Bukowski said, you think I'm crazy? How come everything that belongs to anybody has a lock on it? <laughs> I just can't. I, 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 I the, the same dying inside feeling I have when somebody says, I had the weirdest dream last night. Oh, oh God, here it comes. Unless I'm having sex with you, I, I really much don't want to hear it. Or unless... I think you're about to lose your mind and you're pre notifying me of your attack, your attempt, your your future attempt to kill me. Then I'm not listening. I just don't want to know. I I don't want to. You want to take over the government? I don't care. I don't care. Kill yourselves. Do whatever you got to do. Fuck shit up. I don't. You want to put, like Evander Holyfield said, you want to, when you're poor, nobody cares. You walk down the street, you're pooping the hole in the ground, nobody cares. He actually, I think I put it in the fight book. I always found it to be an affecting turn of phrase. Of course there was poop on the desk. I I I I I, I paid attention to that whole January sixth piece long enough until that was revealed. <laughs> I knew it in my in my bones I knew it. Like the adolescents saying, like I've mentioned in the piece, trash beyond belief to show the kids don't want to learn. You know, if you it, it's like it's like when uh the earthquake hit and suddenly Californians were homeless. And some of the comedians did this thing about that. And the homeless people, are like, ah, eh, welcome. How's it feel? Speaking of comedians, Bob Saget is dead. Saget. I love Saget. 63 years old. I don't know what the cause of death was, but I know what the cause of death was. Saget's on tour. You know the numbers of comedians who have died in hotel rooms? I saw a guy, this Latino cat, who was up-and-comer. This is about 12 years ago. He was on tour, died in a hotel room. From? Listen, listen. I'm not a posp. People against smoke. I'm not an agent. I'm a... I'm in this regard. I'm for decriminalization. Do what you got to do. However, if you've ever been a fan of powdered narcotics, you have to know that for the foreseeable future, that shit is done. It is done. Unless you are in Colombia standing in a factory where they're manufacturing cocaine or you're in Afghanistan and some guy walks out of the fields and hands you a bindle of heroin that shit is done it is done for how long I don't know take a break smoke weed have a drink that other shit is done because for whatever reason Whatever reason, it's all this shit. Fentanyl's getting into everything. I don't know this. I don't know that's why is dead. But I tell you, if it was COVID, you would have heard about it before. There's a ramp and a, and a cycle to it. You know, yeah, and I've talked about my time with Fentanyl. It's no fucking joke. I got the picture around here somewhere of me in after I yanked off the patch. I I felt like I was dying, and I felt like I wanted to die. It was the worst feeling ever, 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 ever. Norm had cancer. So unless Saget committed suicide, David Carradine style, another hotel room guy, or Bourdain, another hotel room guy, there's something that, that Leonard Cohen said about hotels that I always like. He always talked about the sinister anonymity. That was the phrase he used to describe life in hotels. And I've always liked that aspect of hotels. And in fact, if, you heard, if you're a fan of the show, you heard me talk about how I stayed at the Intercontinental in, the, in Berlin. And they say, this is Bill Clinton's favorite hotel. I couldn't figure out why until I was in the room and I was playing the music a little bit loud. And I was like worried that maybe, like, you know, it was going to interrupt the neighbors or something. So I went and like just tapped on the wall. So the wall was like, like bunker thick. I could have fired off a firearm in that room and you wouldn't have heard it even in the hallway. And I was like, ah, that's why Bill Clinton stayed here. You ever stay in a hotel and you come out of the room and the cleaning staff is looking at you like, yeah, yeah, hi, hi, hi. That's because they've been listening. (laughs) They've been listening. Not at the Intercontinental in, in Berlin. Only hotel in Berlin that I want have, wanted to stay at and haven't stayed at is the Adlon. The Adlon Hotel. Preferred by uh, Nazis. Uh, Richard Manuel. I don't, I, I don't know. So anyway, so Sag, Saget is, is gone. And, I, I, you know, I, I have to say, um, yeah, I don't think Carradine did. Nor did, um, who's the guy from that band who wrote all of Cheryl Co- Crow's songs? Kevin something or other. Um, he's a Bay Area guy. And he was, interestingly enough, into autoerotic asphyxiation. And he's like, I don't wanna die doing this. I'm supplying the text right now. I don't know if this is what was said. So most guys who do autoerotic will hang from a bar And then, on the moment of orgasm, they'll pass out and then they don't get. So, he had come up with a thing. He said, I'm going to tie this belt around my neck and tie it to the bed stay here. And then, when I orgasm, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to fall forward or back. And so, you know, fall forward this way or back this way and I'll regain consciousness. Well, as luck would have it, when he orgasmed and passed out, he felt right at the end of the belt and didn't go forward or back just right there. And that's how they found him with his dick in his hand and a skirt on. Uh, Anyway, I've digressed. The point is, the point is, if you're a fan of powdered drugs, it's done. It's done. Because it doesn't even work like in the old days of Tango and Cash, that heroin they made back in the late 70s in New York, where people were just really powerful, were dying, and guys would get high in shifts. Like, okay, we're the A group, we're the B group. We're going to get high, you watch over us, and then you'll get high and we'll watch over you. If you're in a hotel room, you're doing, like there's that other comedian who died about four months ago. It was four of them. Let's do some, uh, do some blow. Do some blow. They went back to their separate rooms, and in the checkup in the morning, one of the guys was dead. Not the way to go out. But I don't know. I don't know how he died. So, uh, to, so to, to 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 wrap up. Much like my take on on denying the German people a moral imperative because of the actions and activities of the Nazis in World War II. I say it's paradoxical that on the one hand, Germans should be allowed to have a moral, ethical life despite the fact that they murdered 12 million people in the 40s. In other words, they should be allowed to move on. Paradoxically, the people who are the aggrieved parties should have a voice to complain about it forever and ever as long as they want. That's the way it works. Similarly, um, you can shit on as many desks in Congress as you want, but you will be punished, and the other side will make hay while the sun shines, and that's just the way it is. I know that you're holding hope that he runs in 20, Trump will run in 2024 and that he'll make all this stuff go away. He'll commute the sentences and grant pardons to they have these people in jail now for the insurrection, change of laws, change the voting right laws. But <laughs> uh, you got to understand that powerful, powerful forces allied against this guy and the guy is not organized enough to keep it together. And somebody said it well. They said you can't be a bully and a coward all at once. But the reality of it is most of us know that most bullies are cowards. He's all in when it's you and your ass, and he's all out if it's him and his ass. There's a guy who I know. It wouldn't surprise you to know that he is a white supremacist guy, and he has moved to Texas where he could be a white supremacist guy. Anyway, and I'll, this is my last story. I, I knew he his claim, what I heard, the rumor was that he would mug old black ladies. I never saw him mug old black ladies. This is what I heard. And he was always nice to me because of the whole cult of strength thing. Anyway, somebody went to see that movie. A bunch of cholos went to see that movie, class of 1984. They say, we're going to go kick some punk rock ass. Let's go. I know where they hang out. Let's go there. A friend of mine, skater from uh, Santa Cruz named Butch, Somebody runs to the club and says, Butch is these trolls about to fucking kill Butch. I go, let's go. I say, dude, come with me. Tough guy, big, muscular, tough guy, fighter, mugging people, criminal. We're walking up the hill by Finocchios in San Francisco, Long Hill. Balducci's right around there, right around the corner from the on Broadway. And we walk up, we turn the corner. And we walk up, and about four or five Cholos are ranged across the street. They have shit in their hands. And Butch is just standing there kind of like trying. His body language, Butch was a tough guy too. He wasn't afraid, but he was clearly outnumbered. And he had his back to the wall, but he was like, yeah, well, you know. And so I'm marching up the hill toward him. And I turn around. Tough guy. disappearing around the corner. I go, hey, hey, bro, hey, where you going? I'm going to get get help. And I was like, yeah, okay. I turn around and I go up to the, up the hill. So what's the problem? Seems to be a problem. And they're like, oh, there's no problem. There's no problem, homie. And I said, okay. Come on, Butch, let's go. Band's about to start. This is there's no problem here, right? So, no, it's no problem. Good. We go down. He goes, oh, thank you, Eugene, yeah, thank you. He goes, I don't know if we could have taken him. All. I go, well, Mark was, oh, oops. <laughs> I mentioned his name. He said he, said he was going to go get help. I saw Mark later in the club. I'm like, well, I made friends with him on Facebook, found him. That's how I know he's in Texas. And we stayed friends for about a month and suddenly something hit him. He's like, fuck you, Gene. And he defriended me. I hoped, I would hope earnestly that he defended me because of that moment. Because I'm never going to forget it. Cowards and bullies. You know, take your fucking medicine like a man, you whiners. Shirtless with horns on your head. anyway read the sub stack uh monday afternoon care don't care goes only three cares on next week's 14 fight card next weekend's 14 fight card but the three good cares uh i'm out I, I i will probably come in second place based on the cares but you know i'm a hardhead in one of these instances i can't help it monday afternoon care don't care goes Tuesday night if the shoes fit, yeah, we'll talk about that uh uh I'm trying to I'm trying to lock down whoa was one of the most exciting five easy pieces ever the guy's giving me a hard time he suspects uh i I'll just tell you I'll just tell you what 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 happened <laughs> I said uh you know, the questions are random. It's not about anything that you have anything to do with your career necessarily. And I said, nigger, nigger are to be avoided completely. That was a question. And he goes, oh, to be avoided completely. That was his answer. I go, I need a more developed answer. You know, uh, and I quoted him where at one point We were saying, nigger, this, something like that. I said, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I mean, people are so sensitive these days. I mean, you know, I know the guy and like the guy. But I also understand his trepidation at wading into that water. And and he's not African-American. If somebody said, Eugene, did you ever use the word chick to describe a woman in the 80s? I go, you mean 80 minutes ago? I probably did. Probably was talking to one of my daughters and go, hey, who's that chick that used to be friends with the one who got busted for drunken driving? I probably said that. Did I? Maybe. But I'm a guiltless man. Guiltless. will not find me being defensive about too much. I stopped becoming and started being. 27. Integrity. Quiet embrace of exactly who it is that you are, like Popeye. I am what I am. The show's over. This is 198. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. The new gig is going great. <laughs> I have to say, I got to get used to the pacing. I'm really used to being, you know, can you imagine? I, it makes me think of reconstruction. Can you imagine being a slave for 10 years and then suddenly, like, hey, well, you're an employee now. What's that room? That's the break room. What's the break? We're doing the break. No, 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 no. That's where you go when you want to relax. Relax, relax. Yeah, relax. You have a sandwich. A sandwich. I'm terrified. A sandwich. No, no, it's things are okay. I am suffering from PTSD. I'm wanting to work 18 hour days, and I can't figure out why people are not working at five or six or 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Is it was the air of urgency. I'm like, am I? Is it it's a trick? It's a trick. <laughs> it's really weird that you wouldn't think it would have affected you. I guess it did. Anyway, the show's done. We went a little bit over time. Thank you for listening. Uh, go back to the top of the hour if you want to hear about the commercials and want to donate something. Click the little thing, the little bell, the notification, so that you can know that, for example, we went live with uh, the JJB today. Why I, I, I attack Dust the Detroit Dust? Fuck that guy! Fuck him! Anyway, check it out and uh, and try not to die between now and next week. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do! God, I'm dying, here. I'm dying. Ah.